Welcome to the Compassionate Capitalist Radio Show with host Karen Rands. A compassionate capitalist is someone who invests their money into entrepreneur endeavors to bring innovation to the market and create wealth for all those involved. Karen shares insights and best practices for entrepreneurs to succeed and investors to share in that success without all the risks. And now... So welcome back to the Compassionate Capitalist Show. Thank you very much for tuning in again today. And, uh, you know, for you that have been listening, uh, long-term listeners to the Compassionate Capitalist Show, you know my story of struggles and failures of my business during the Great Recession, my own personal journey to get rid of my stinking thinking and to control and strengthen my mindset and get back on the horse. I've been able to do that in part because I found my passion and purpose in the compassionate capitalist movement. And of course, those of you that listen know that my goal is for, and the reason why I wrote that book, Inside Secrets to Angel Investing, is for people with their discretionary income and desire to master their financial future, to become proactive in investing in entrepreneurs as an asset class similar to real estate and stocks, and ultimately to parallel the cottage industry of education, tools, resource that real estate investing has become very prevalent over the last 30 years. And here's the deal, folks. Nearly every successful business owner I know, and actually every investor I know, has dealt with failure, financial failure, personal failure, whatever it is. Failures are the lessons that you learn from live so that you can be better, smarter, stronger. And my guest today, Rod Cleef, calls them seminars. When I was introduced to Rod, I realized that his path parallels mine in many ways, and I'm not going to steal his thunder. I'm going to let him tell you because obviously he's going to tell his story the best, but let me just say this. Rod Cleef is a multiple business owner, philanthropist, and who is passionate about real estate business and giving back, and that is what a compassionate capitalist is. He has a very popular podcast called Lifetime Cash Flow Through Real Estate Investing, which we'll be talking about and giving the links to later. And I just want to uh, say welcome to the show, Rod. Really excited that we were able to put this together for you to be my guest today. Yeah, you know, we were supposed to have this a while back and I got COVID. So thank you for having me, Karen. Let's have some fun today and add as much value as we possibly can. Okay, absolutely. So Let's get started with just talking about your fantastical journey from, I mean, even that's one, that's one adjective. Yeah. That's one adjective (laughs) to describe it. I I can think, I can think of others. Well, so let, let me go ahead and uh, give some preframe because I think it'll really add value and give some context to the topic that I think we're going to knock out of the park today. Um, So I, I immigrated to this country when I was six years old with my brother, Albert, my mother's Vancha. I was born in the Netherlands, uh, you know, wooden, wooden shoes, windmills. And <laughs> we, so we ended up in Denver, Colorado, and we didn't have much. In fact, uh, we really struggled. Uh, I remember um, we bought uh, food that was uh, expired. Uh, I remember with our cereal in the morning, we had powdered milk instead of regular milk because that's all we could afford. And I wore clothes from the Goodwill and the Salvation Army until I was 14. I lied about my age and got a job at Burger. Burger King and could buy my own clothes. And so, you know, I, th- some of you listeners may have had it harder than we did or have it harder now with all the craziness going on with COVID. But um, 
but I knew I wanted more. And luckily my mom had an incredible work ethic. So she babysat kids. So we'd have enough money to eat. There was always a house full of kids. And she was also an entrepreneur. And so she invested in the stock market and made money. And, but she also bought some real estate. So she bought the house across the street from us when I was 14 for about $30,000, which is, and it's crazy because we just sold it for about 360 recently because she's retired, but, but she bought it for 30 back then. And and when I was 17, a couple of years later, she told me it'd gone up $20,000 in her sleep. And I'm like, what? Screw college, mom. I'm getting into real estate. So I went wow. and got my real estate broker's license. Right when I turned 18, I was going to be rich selling other people houses. Well, my first year in real estate, I made about uh, maybe eight to $10,000. And this is back in 1978. Okay. So it's been a while. My second year, maybe ten dollars to $12,000. But my third year, I made over $100,000, which back in 1981 was some decent change, especially for a 21-year-old. So what happened between year two and year three that caused me to 10x my income? Well, what happened was I met a guy that taught me about the importance of mindset and psychology to your success in anything, in life, in relationship, and especially in business. And and so, you know, how really 80 to 90% of your success in anything is just that, your mindset and your psychology, only 10 to 20% is the technical knowledge. If it was, it was just knowledge, there'd be a bunch of wealthy librarians <laughs> and college professors out there. You know, it's the do and it's the keep doing. It's the right. pushing through fear. It's the getting uncomfortable. It's the, you know, doing whatever you have to do to make it happen. And so, you know, fast forward to today, I've owned a couple thousand houses I've rented long-term. I've owned thousands of apartment units. I've built 27 businesses. And like you said, I don't call them failures. Several have been worth, several of these businesses have been worth tens of millions of dollars. Most have been spectacular flaming seminars. <laughs> but, 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 but anyway, um, you know, in 2006, I had a lot of real estate and my net worth went up $17 million while I slept. Okay. And if wow. you want to do the math on that, it's about $8,300 an hour um, over a 40 hour work week, which of course I did. And I thought I was a freaking real estate God, you know, that I could do no wrong. My head was so big. I could barely fit it through a door. And you know, when that happens, God or the universe will give you a nice little smackdown. Yeah. Well, that was 2008. I lost that 17 million. I lost more, a lot more. I lost $50 million. I lost everything, 50 million bucks in 2008 and nine. And so was that, one of the things, the, was that due to the bubble? To the crash. Oh, yeah, yeah, uh -huh. totally. Due to the crash. In fact, I was only at a 30% loan to value. I only owed 30 cents on the dollar and I still really? crashed and burned because it, wow. it's all about cash flow. Yeah. But anyway, so, so, um, you know, one of the things that I love talking about, Karen, and and then and that I, I think we've already agreed we're going to talk about is, you know, the mindset it took to have that 50 million to lose in the first place, but then the mindset it took to recover, which, which is equally challenging. You know, there were people that killed themselves back then. And of course, back in the Great Depression for losing proportionally less than I lost. Right. And so, you know, if you'd like, uh, we could drill down on that a little bit um, about, about, you know, really that mindset component that uh, has has really helped me get there in the first place and then recover from it. So you want to, well, if you want to absolutely, because here's the thing, Rod, that I know from my own and I bet there's a lot of our listeners that when you have, and, and a lot of entrepreneurs I, I, I talk to have this, when you have this vision of where you are, you had this huge portfolio that was worth so much and you're imagining just compounding and where that's going to go and, and, and all the good things you're going to do, like the charity that you started, all the things that you're going to do with this, then all of a sudden it, it, it 
it knocks you sideways, completely unexpected. And there's that fear. Do I go out there and do it all again only for that failure to happen again? And the emotional, I know for me, it was like the emotional fear of, I just didn't know if I could have my hopes and dreams squashed like that. So I know the stuff that I've been working on for that and, and getting in pivoting and getting into what I'm, how I'm helping entrepreneurs and investors now. And I really think our audience should hear from your direct experience and you coach people on this a lot as well. So please, please do share people on that, that risk reward and how to, how to believe that that was just something to learn from and not something that's going to be. Well, I'm really glad you said that last piece. I'm really glad you said that last piece because it's very often that someone will tie their identity to the vehicle that they're using for their success. And if that vehicle crashes and burns, they have no identity any longer. And I fell into that trap for a short while. But I'm going to tell you that, uh, you know, and yes, I, this, is, this is crack cocaine for me talking about this topic because <laughs> I freaking love it, you know. And, and, and so uh, it, it, it really is all, well, it's not all, but there, let me give you some factors that, that come into play here. Number one is it's, it's your focus. And, and wherever you're focusing is really what's going to expand and get larger. And it, in my case, it'd be very easy to focus on losing $50 million versus reassociating with what I wanted and why I wanted it. Now, right. if you come to one of my boot camps, I, I used to, I was supposed to have 800 people in Orlando right before COVID. I mean, sorry, right when COVID hit. And so I had to go live stream. And if you come to one, and, and so I've had thousands of people do my live stream ones, but about, go to, about ready to go live again. Hallelujah. So I'm back in Orlando, December 3rd, 4th, and 5th. And, but the reason I bring that up is the first thing we do is a goal setting workshop, okay? Because how the heck are you gonna get anything if you don't know what it is? You need clarity around what it is that you want and, and you need to know why you want it. So let me take like five minutes and describe the process. Now, if somebody wants to, you know, um, if you're not interested in real estate, but you'd like to do this with me, ping me on any social channel, I'm on all of them and I'll send you a link to the workshop I did on January 2nd of this year. I did it with music. There's a free guide you can download and, you, and I'll guide you through this. But regardless, let me give you a high level overview of the process because it's so freaking powerful. I call it goal setting on steroids. And again, this is how I had 50 million to lose in the first place. You know, maybe you're thinking, well, talk about real estate. I'm here to tell you what we're going to talk about next is much more important than the mechanics. Okay. So trust me on this. Even those of you that are analytical, you know who you are. Trust me, this is going to be more powerful for you because this is really, this is the secret sauce to this. And so the, what I'm going to suggest you do is pick an hour when you have a lot of energy and, and you're going to be uninterrupted. Don't do it after a meal. Make sure you're well hydrated and sit down and write down everything you could want in life, all the stuff. And don't limit yourself, whatever it is you want. If you want multiple houses, you want a private island, a jet, a yacht, just write it down. It doesn't matter. But put down the houses, the cars, the boats, the jet skis, the planes, how much money you want in the bank in three years, how much money you want in the bank in 10 years. You're, you're just in case the stuff hit the fan fund, how much cash flow you want from your investment, say in three years and in 10 years and be specific. Specificity is important here. So write down all the stuff that you want. And again, don't limit yourself because there's nothing you can't do, be, or have. You're only limited by what's between your ears. So expand your horizons and write it down because just by writing it down, 
what it does is it triggers something in your brain called your reticular activating system. And what that is, is it's that subconscious filter that filters out what your brain thinks is most important for you to focus on. And you're not conscious of it, but the greatest example I can give you is when you first buy a car. You don't really notice them. You buy the car and you notice them every, while you're, you know, everywhere. Were they there before? Of course they were, but that's your reticular activating system at work. And the same thing applies to your goals. So writing them down triggers that. So anyway, once um, you can't think of another thing to write down that you want, also write down what you want to do in this lifetime, places you want to go. Maybe you want to write a book. Maybe you want to climb every mountain over 14,000 feet. Maybe you want to jump out of a perfectly good airplane. I did that about a year ago. I'll never freaking do it again, but it's off the (laughs) list. Anyway, so write down what you want to do. Also write down what you want to learn. Okay. Uh, and, and, and so maybe you want to learn a foreign language. If you want to learn how to buy apartment buildings, I'm your guy. Come see me. Go to, go to, uh, let's see, go to rodlive.com and, and, or, or text uh, Rod in Orlando to 72345 and you'll get information on my, uh, on my boot camps. And I, again, I'm so freaking excited to go live again because I miss it. But uh, again, that's Rod in Orlando to 72345. But, um, but if so, if you want to learn multifamily, come see me. I, I, I don't, you'll freaking love it. And it's like a, a high energy experience and people rave about uh, that. But um, write down what you want to learn. Lastly, write down who you want to help. We're talking about compassionate capitalism here. So what are you going to do to make the world a better place? You know, are you going to, are you going to help children? Are you going to help the elderly? Are you going to help the environment? Are you going to help animals? Whatever it is, write that down and, and, and put that in there. Uh, you know, I bought my parents a house when they were, uh, you know, uh, my dad was alive here in Florida on a canal, bought him a car, took him on cruises. Who do you want to do things for? Because guys, we'll do more for others than we'll ever do for ourselves. And this yep. is the fuel. Okay. It's not about the goals. It's about you getting up early. It's about you staying up late. It's about you doing whatever it takes to grind for a few years. Like most people won't. So you can right. live the rest of your life. Like most people can't. So write all that stuff down. Once you can't think of another thing, I want you to put a time limit on each goal. Put how many years it's going to take you to achieve it. And don't overthink this. Those of you analytical ones, don't overthink this. Just guess it. Put a one, a three, how many years you think? One, a three, a five, even a 10 or a 20. Realizing that as human beings, we have a tendency to overestimate what we can do in, in a year and massively underestimate what we can do in five, 10, 20 years. And I'll give you an example of this. When I was 18, I lived in Denver, but I knew I wanted to live on the beach. And there's no beach in Denver, maybe at one of the lakes, but but I knew I wanted to live on the beach. So I would visualize palm trees and sand and surf. And and 20 years later, I built this $8 million mansion on the beach here in Sarasota. I mean, it was spectacular. I owned the beach on one side. I had my boathouses on the backside. It was called a Gulf to Bay. It was like a slice through an island. But that was unthinkable when I was 18. So that's the point I'm making. Don't limit yourself. Now, I'm going to give you some examples Please know that it's not me bragging, okay? Most of the stuff doesn't interest me anymore, and I, I've given up. Uh, I'm, I'm pretty free from the opinion of others at this point, so it's not me trying to press. I'm just hoping to inspire you, okay, to what's possible, and I'll give you some of my personal examples of this. So anyway, take the lid off your brain and, 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 and don't limit yourself. Put how many, how long it's going to take you to achieve those goals. Once you've got a number by each goal, I want you to pick you. There's only just a couple more steps. I want you to pick your number one goal. I mean, that goal, when you get it, you're like, oh my God, this is amazing. That goal, you know, you've arrived when you achieve that goal. And if you've got two or three that are equally exciting, just pick one. It won't matter for what we're going to do next. 
But then I want you to also pick your top three one-year goals. So you've got your number one goal and you've got your top three one-year goals, okay? Lifetime goal, one-year goals. Put them on a separate sheet of paper. And again, if you ping me on social, I'll, I'll give you the guide we created for this and, and I'll guide you through it with music and everything. But you can do this yourself and it's very powerful. And I would recommend that you do this with your significant other as well. So you see how well aligned you are on your goals. So there's no push-pull in the relationship. But okay, so you've um, you've put those goals on a separate sheet of paper. Now, at this point, you're ahead of 99.9% of the people on the planet that do a New Year's resolution that's forgotten by February, okay? <laughs> But there's another critical step here. I need you to write down the goals are important. They will push you. They will pull you, you know, but it's not about the goals. It's always about why you want the goals. So write down why you must achieve each one of those goals and make it powerful and use emotionally charged words like amazing and incredible and beautiful because words are very powerful and they will move you. So write down why it has to happen so that I can show my kids what incredible success looks like. So I can show my, my wife what it means to live a life of abundance or husband, whatever. Put, put it down there so we can have the freedom, the freedom to do whatever we want, whenever we want, wherever we want, bring whoever we want. Whatever is going to juice you, write that down, okay? And, and again, think about this and make it powerful. Use emotionally charged words. Um, now, once you've got a positive reason why each one of those goals has to happen, take it one little step further and put some freaking pain in there if you don't achieve the goal and make it hurt, okay? So I don't feel like a failure. So I don't, so I don't fail my kids. So I don't fail my husband or wife. Make it hurt. So I don't live a life of regret. Why? Because we'll do more to avoid, as human beings, we'll do more to avoid pain than gain pleasure. And you want to use this. Again, this is the fuel. If you've got any limiting beliefs about yourself, I'm too old, I'm too young, I'm not smart enough, I don't have enough money. Those are limiting beliefs. This will, this will, by the way, there's a reason that belief systems, the acronym is BS, because 99% of them are BS. But this is what gets you through those. This is what gets you through that fear of failure. I'm going to tell you, don't fear failure, fear regret. There was this nurse in Australia uh, that was a hospice nurse. Her name was Bronnie Ware. So she took care of patients when they were about to die. And she asked him a question, Karen. The question was, do you have any regrets? And she wrote a book about it. It's called The Five Regrets of Dying. You know what the number one regret was? Not what? living the life I could have lived, living somebody else's life and you know, not doing what I know I was capable of. God, I can't think of anything worse than that, guys. And so, so again, don't fear failure. Fear being in the same freaking place a year from now that you are right now, unless you absolutely love where you are right now. Okay. Yeah. So again, this is what this is in Napoleon Hill's book, Think and Grow Rich. He talks about burning desire. You've got to have that burning desire to go push through that fear, to go to go push through those limiting beliefs. Or maybe you're comfortable. Comfort zone's a warm place, but we all know nothing freaking grows there, right? So you got to get out of it. And this is what gets you out of it. So you've got your whys down. Last piece, get pictures. Get pictures, put them around you, make declarations. I'll give you some examples of this. Um, Jim Carrey, the actor, um, when he was flat yeah. broke, wrote himself a check for 10 million bucks, right? And, and, and he used to go up by the Hollywood sign and he would visualize cashing it. That's how much money he made for Dumb and Dumber. In fact, they, he buried that check with his dad who believed in his vision. I'll give you a more recent example. Demi Lovato, when she was an unknown, posted on social media, it's about 11 years ago, posted on social media, I'm going to sing the national anthem at the Super Bowl. Not this last one, the one before. Go see who sang the national anthem. 
I'll give you some personal examples for me. When I was uh, 18, I was got my real estate license. I actually was a broker. You could do that with education back then. Now they got smart and you need some experience to actually be a broker. I, I wasn't just an agent. I was a broker, but I was going to you know, be rich selling other people's houses. So I bought this four-door car, bone ugly four-door Granada. Okay. Bench seat in the front, just a real POS, you know, and, but I worked with the guy that I was telling you about with mindset that, that had a couple of Corvettes and he let me drive one. I'm like, oh my God, this is amazing. So I got a picture out of a magazine. This is before the internet. Got a picture out of a magazine of a beautiful Corvette, put it on the visor of that Granada so that whenever I was sitting in the car, it was right there in front of me. And, and within a year or two, I had a Corvette. Now, again, I'm going to give you some examples. I'm not bragging, please. Most of this stuff doesn't even interest me anymore, but I want to inspire you to how this works. This is back when the TV show Magnum PI was out. Okay, I don't know if you remember this, Karen. It might have been before your time. You're young. No. But, but, uh, Tom, Tom <laughs> Selleck you. was the actor. Remember, he was a detective. He drove this red sure. Ferrari 308. It was the first time I'd seen this, an exotic car. I'm like, oh, my God, look at that. So I had a picture of that actual car, put on the visor of my Corvette. Within a year or two, I had a Maserati look just like it. Last example, car example. I've, I'm the guy that always wanted a Lamborghini. First time I saw one, I had posters in my room growing up. And what's interesting is, my son collected models of exotic cars and he had about 30 of them. And he had a model of the exact same color and style that I ended up getting, which I wrecked. But anyway, so guys, get pictures. In fact, I'll show you something. You put these on YouTube, yes? Yes. Yeah. So this is my planner. It's on today. Okay. okay. Um, and in the back of this thing, I've got pictures that have been in here for 20 years. Okay. Wow. This is, I've, I've used a paper planner. Now the first pictures are my kids when they were young. They're my gratitude pictures because everything starts from a place of gratitude, right? Yeah. That's, that's how you manifest everything you want in life. And so they're my pictures of my kids, my gratitude pictures. And then I've got the things that I wanted. So this top picture looks just like the view from the house that I built, which is crazy. I had 10 foot high glass like that, travertine floors, but it was before I built the house. Now I lost that house and all the craziness, um, you know, it, that I was talking about earlier, but, but I now live in a compound. I've got six buildings. I've got it's big main house, a beautiful two bedroom guest house, a media building. I've got a new video studio. I just built there for my live stream, you know, boot camps. But what's funny is, see, I don't know, Karen, you can see the white wall in both those pictures. Yeah, yeah. This, that's yeah. a picture of my backyard. See the white wall? Is that freaking ah. crazy? It's the same thing. <laughs> I mean, and, and you know, and then pictures of, you know, stupid crap like watches. I got a few hundred thousand dollars with the watches, stuff that I thought was important at one time. There's a Lamborghini before I ever bought it. Um, Rolls Royce, Bentley, all this stuff that I thought was important at one time. And I got pictures and I got it. So again, some of you analytics are going, oh, good God, this is too foofy for me. Big mistake, because this is how I had 50 million to lose and how I got back to the success that I'm blessed to have yeah. today by doing this simplistic stuff, this visualization and, and knowing exactly what I wanted and why I wanted it. So, so I have a question on that for yeah. those, uh, you know, you mentioned the analyticals, but, mm -hmm. you know, and as you were saying that, because I've. Uh, I have my vision board. I've done those. Mm -hmm. I've done the books and the pictures and those kind of exercises. And mm -hmm. uh, some of that stuff, you know, you have to remind yourself that you, when you get some of the things are in your pictures, even though you may not get all the things that are in your mm -hmm. pictures, so that you can believe that the process works because it's real easy to to think about the things you haven't got and become mm -hmm. um, jaded, if you will, on 
doing that whole goal list and all that kind of stuff because you're like, well, it doesn't work. I didn't get this. Let, let me. Not, so please explain. I would me. love to. I would love to 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 expand on what you just said. It is critical that you celebrate your progress. Critical, and I don't care how minor it is because it's never about the goals. In fact, let me give you an example of this. I, I built that house on the beach, right? I mean, this place was freaking magnificent, okay? 10,000 square feet, giant waterfall from the second floor balcony in the pool. You had to walk through the waterfall to get to the pool. The pool was in magazines. I had tens of thousands of dollars with the trees that were bent that went out over the pool and, you know, changed colors at night. And uh, got, I mean, the, that, I had a spiral staircase that went up through the middle of this house. To give you an idea of this place, on the second floor, I had an aquarium that went around the spiral staircase that cost me almost 200 grand. So this oh gives you an idea of the house, okay? <laughs> so anyway, so I, I two months after I moved in, okay? Now, I worked for this thing for 20 freaking years, okay? Two months after I moved okay. in, I'm floating in, I'm floating in the pool at night. I'm looking up at this testament to my ego, which is really what it was. I built this house to prove the world I was good enough, you know, uh, and, and it took me a while to admit that, but that's the truth of it. And I'm looking up at this thing and I got depressed two months after I moved in. My family's inside sleeping. I'm like, what the hell is going on? I mean, I wasn't just a little bummed. I was really bummed. That's the first time in my life I've been depressed like that. And what I realized, and it ties into what you were just saying here. And what I realized was there were several things happening. And the first one is you should never achieve a big goal without having other goals lined up behind it. Because like the good book says, without a vision, the people perish. You need a vision for the future. And I didn't know what I was going to do next. So that's number one. But it's never about the freaking goals. Happiness comes from progress. And so yeah. I was no longer progressing. Happiness comes from progress and growth. That's why what you said is so critical. You have to celebrate that progress and growth. And so that was the second thing. But the third thing, which I want to talk about, because the name of your show is Compassionate Capitalism, is I'd been totally focused on me. Okay, I'd been rod, 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 show the world I'm good enough, show the world I matter. And so, you know, to get back on my feet, I went and saw Tony Robbins speak that year. I bought some books and I read one of his. And I'm like, man, this is really interesting. And by the way, shout out, if you can ever see him live, just do it. He's, he's, he's incredible. But uh, I, I spent 20 years following him around the planet. I was so enamored with uh, the technical, you know, content that he preaches uh, or preaches the wrong word that he that he educates with. Um, but. You know, uh, I found out that he fed families for the holidays. Now he's done millions. Okay. And I'm like, wow, what a concept. Do something for someone else. I mean, I had to be 40 to get that memo. It's embarrassing. <laughs> but I, I, I went back home and I called my brother and I said, let's go feed five families. So I, I actually flew to Denver. I was living in Florida already. I flew to Denver and it was, was for Thanksgiving with my family. And we went to his church, found, said, who really needs help? Got five families. The third family changed my life, Karen. We, you know, we, we got these boxes of food. We got frozen turkeys and roasting pans. We assumed they didn't have that. We, we got toys for the kids. So we get to this house. It's this one bedroom crap piece of crap house. Um, not even a really a one bedroom. You had to walk through the bedroom to get to the kitchen. She, it was a lady there with five kids. So wow. she comes out, she sees the stuff on the porch, the boxes of stuff, and she starts crying and her kids come out and the older ones start crying. And then I start crying and I'm hooked. And I'm blessed to say in the last 20 years, we have now fed over a hundred thousand children here in Sarasota and, 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 and Bradenton, wow. Florida. We've done, we've done tens of thousands of backpacks filled with school supplies. We just did 1,300 backpacks last Saturday filled with school supplies. We've done tens of thousands of teddy bears. The name of my foundation is the Tiny Hands Foundation. I yeah. paid for it all until 2008. In fact, 2007, I fed 50,000 families out of my pocket. I'm sorry, 50,000. I'm Forgive me. That's not right. 1,500 families out of my pocket. Um, 
And but then I started taking donations. By the way, if you're interested, I cover all the operating expenses and then some, and then quite a bit actually. Uh, if you're interested in donating, it's uh, text Tiny Hands to seven two three four five. Every dime goes to the food and the backpacks and stuff. But anyway, um, um, yeah. But but so the point here is, you know, we all have been taught to achieve to be happy. And I'm going to tell you, if you become a compassionate capitalist and and you are and you are giving back in some fashion, I don't care what it is and how significant it is. It can be very little, but then you're happily achieving, you know, so pick a cause. I don't care what it is. Like we described some of them earlier, kids, elderly, nature, you know, the environment, uh, animals, whatever it is, and do something. Don't say I'll do it when I have money. Do it now. Because not only will you get the money faster, which is not the reason to do it, because that's just the way God or whatever you believe works. That's just how it works. You get it back 10 or 100 fold, but you'll be happier. And again, I had to be 40 to learn that. But uh, there you go. Long answer to your comment about yeah, progress. But. No, 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 that's good. I Because I think that's true. It's like I think people... Mm -hmm because they're so focused on whatever that big goal or the journey to that destination to be able to think past it and, and celebrate because I have, I've, I, you know, some like pictures of a window, a certain kind of window I have. And I have a window like that in my, this house. And when we moved here, like the house I live, I live down in Peace Street city, which is um, a, a planned community old before there were planned communities that has a lot of mm. recreation integrated cool. in it. Cool. And uh, many, many years ago, when I was in other businesses and I was uh, setting these goals, I had said to myself, well, someday if I don't have if I don't get to a point where I live, if I'm not if I if I can't live on a river or directly on water, I would love I would love to live in Peachtree City because it has the kind of of lifestyle and people that I wanted. And we'd been riding bikes around and I'd seen this house and stuff like that. Fast forward, I think a decade later, we're down here looking at houses and I'm like, I, I was like, why is this place so familiar to me? Hmm. And I had completely forgotten that that's where we had, when I had said that, thought that to myself and kind of ingrained that. And then, you know, here we were, the circumstances that brought us here weren't, you know, were different than what I had expected, but I was, here I am. That's loving, like loving, you know, my lifestyle and being able to build the business that I'm building now, you know, great example, great example. You know, it's funny, I, I have this compound now that like you say in the picture behind me, that's my backyard. And, and because God's got a sense of humor, my old house that I lost is right across the bay, I can see it right out my backyard. Yeah, it's kind of uh, funny. Uh, yeah, it's hilarious. But anyway, but uh, I love where we live now better, actually, frankly, even though we're not on a beach, we're on the bay. But, uh, but so, uh, yeah, <clears throat> let me ask you this. So when mm -hmm. The, the mindset you had when you were building that initial empire that then just got wiped out, there's this ad, there was this added piece and you kind of, you've addressed it to a certain event with the goal, but really talk about what you, what you oh, did to yeah, let me give you some other strategies that, that yeah. the, the failure side of this piece yeah. and that piece beside, cause you, the goals would pull you out of it, 
but no, sometimes there's more. it's like an there's anchor more. there that's like you feel like you're dragging this thing with you. And so how do you get rid of that? Anchor? Well, 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 and that's all about focus, Karen. I mean, honestly, uh, by the way, I talk about this extensively on my podcast. We just broke 11 million downloads. So people are resonating with it. And it's called Lifetime Cash Flow Through Real Estate Investing. Even if you're not interested in real estate, I do these five minute clips every week called Own Your Power. And it's, okay. a, it's, a, it's a motivational topic. I promise you, if you give me a listen, I will juice you once a week. And and there are hundreds of them there. So, I mean, I, I will juice you with music and they're really compelling and I'm really proud of them. And so I hope you'll check them out. Again, it's lifetime cash flow. If you put real estate in your iPhone, I usually come up pretty close to the front. Um, but anyway, there are some other strategies that are critical. One is, of course, focus, because especially in this crazy time we're in right now. Now, if you're listening to Karen, you're a leader. And as a leader, you've got to manage your focus. So, you know, don't be watching the, the craziness on the news and the fake news and the crap that's out there because they're not there to inform us. They're there just to scare us and startle us and, 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 and in, try to influence us to whatever their political agenda is. That's number one. Number two, bring it. So stand guard at your mind. Okay. Bring in the good stuff. Don't bring in the, the crap. And so, you know, maybe go on YouTube and, 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 and watch motivational stuff, P motivational podcasts. Hope you listen to mine, but, 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 but be conscious of that because with focus, whatever you focus on grows both positive or negative. Okay. You know, and so like, for example, they asked mother Teresa, if she was anti-war, she said, no, I'm pro peace. Ah, yes, that, exactly. See? Right. And, and that, and, you know, I have, I have people call me and say, Hey, I'm trying to get out of student loan debt. I'm like, wrong statement. Tell me how, tell me about how you're going to make money. So the debt's irrelevant again, focus. So that's number one. Number two, you, who you hang out with is who you become. You need to proactively choose your peers. So many people default to the people they work with or people they went to school with. But if those people don't have your dreams or aspirations through their love of you or their fear or their jealousy, they will hold you back and pull you down and you'll never succeed. So proactively seek out people that think what you think is hard is easy and get around them. I host a mastermind. It's the largest multifamily operators I think in the world is 14 billion in assets in there because I want to be around people that think what I think is hard is easy. So, you know, my, my warrior coaching program, my students are purchased almost 46,000 doors, and, which I'm really proud of because I've only been teaching under four years. But, you know, th that's the environment. You want to be in an environment where, where people are growing and, and, and motivating each other and validating each other, not holding each other back because of these things like fear and jealousy and so on and so forth. So peers, critical. Um, focus peers. Um, and then obviously your health is super important. You know, if you're going to create this side hustle with a full-time job with kids and, and, and make this happen for yourself, you've got to manage your energy. You know, I just had a, a vegetable shake. I exercise every day. I'm 61. I'm married to a woman that's a lot younger than I am. She's supermodel, beautiful. And, and she's an old soul, but, but, um, you know, um, the point is, is I, focus on that because you've got to have so much energy to, to, to accomplish that. I mean, I've got students that have retired from very high paying jobs with kids and full-time jobs and, and it's absolutely doable, but it requires energy. So um, let's see, focus, peer group, um, and, and just again, realigning with what you want, not focusing, you know, so many people communicate through negativity. In fact, we, we connect through negativity. If, if Karen, you came up to me and said, Hey, Rod, how you doing? I said, oh, my God, I am fantastic. Good Lord. Life is amazing. 
you'd step back. Well, you might not because you're involved, but <laughs> most people step back and go, okay, he's off his freaking meds. Um, but but if you came up to me and said, how you doing? I said, oh, God, my freaking back is killing me. You put your arm around me. Oh, I feel you, brother. That's how we connect through that you know, that that commiseration and negativity. Now, I'm going to tell you to flag that for yourself and watch that because, again, whatever you're thinking is your life and whatever emotions you're feeling is your life. And it's just so important to proactively pay attention to that. So I don't know if that helped. But. Yeah, absolutely. So the, the question about the, the whole thing about peers, right? So so one of the things, uh, I forget exactly who, where I heard it might, it could be from Think and Grow Rich, um, mm-hmm. But it was like, if you, if I lost, somebody said, if I lost everything, I would go find, I would go find the, the person, the richest person I knew or had the, um, the lifestyle I wanted. And I would ask them to lunch so that I could be around them and pick their brain. Mm-hmm. And when it comes to setting peer groups, I think sometimes people think, well, those people are so out of my class or out of my league. So they're not going to want to be around me. But the truly, has this been your experience that the truly uh, successful people really want to help other people be successful too? Well, some, well? some, some, some don't, but some do for sure. And, and I will tell you that, uh, you know, I felt that way as well I, I, on, on more than one occasion. I used to be incredibly insecure and I came, but I finally came to the realization people really don't care that much. And, and if you can just have five seconds of courage and walk up to someone and say, hey, I'm Rod Cleef. I don't think we've met. And she put your hand out and then ask questions, okay? And questions drive a conversation. And it doesn't have to be, you know, rocket science discussion. It can be a weather discussion, but you ask questions and you can guide a conversation. And, you know, like uh, uh, Dale Carnegie in his book, uh, How to Win Friends and Influence People, if if you ask questions and guide a conversation that way, people think it's the greatest conversation they ever had because <laughs> yeah. they're the ones doing all the talking. Right. Like, I think this is the greatest conversation I've ever had because I've been doing all the talking. Okay. So, 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 you know, be good at asking questions. Those of you that are introverted that struggle with this, I get it because that's how I was. Um, and I'm not really, I didn't realize I'm not really introverted. I thought I was, but I'm not, I'm, I, I get energy from other people. Introverts get energy from being alone, but, and I did a great podcast episode on this with a guy that's a master of that topic, but, but anyway, I digress. But the point is, is have a few seconds of courage, introduce yourself, then just start asking questions and, and, and be yourself. Don't try to be something you're not realizing that people don't care that much about anyone but themselves. So, yeah. you know, I become more and more free from the opinion of others. I, I do my boot camps in jeans and flip-flops and, and this black V-neck t-shirts. That's it. That's my, yeah. that's my uniform. It's not like a statement. It's just because it makes me comfortable. And I just, listen, if, you, if you're not happy with how I dress or look, <laughs> that's your issue, not mine. And, and I love you, but, but it just doesn't yeah. matter. And so, yeah. So one of the things too, let's say we start to wrap up, I want to talk about the, uh, on the mindset topic. Because I know I just figured this out afterwards because prior to the setback of, of during the recession, the Great Recession, uh, I had been very much into reading the positive books and filling my brain with positive Good. and, and Good. being in the right circle of folks. And then yeah. when this thing happened, which seemed like it was out of my control and, you know, all and a lot of people have similar stories. And I went off kind of like, I, I described it as licking my wounds, right? I just sort of mm-hmm. went yeah. off and I did yeah. other things and, 
you know, I'm in the, like I was, had moved to Peachtree City. So I'm like, oh, I'm going to love my lifestyle here. That was, you know, wasn't what I had dreamt of, but you know, that, that comfort zone thing that Mm -hmm. you talk about. Right. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And then when I decided I was going to embrace the idea of of creating the compassionate capitalist movement, because if not me, then who, and the circumstances that led to that, I, I realized that I had all this stinking thinking, all those doubts, the mm-hmm. fear of failing again, mm-hmm. all of that stuff was really limiting my ability to get started and stay committed with anything, right? And so I pulled out Think and Grow Rich again. I actually it was like a book club that was doing, it was perfect timing. I started doing that. And one of the things that I noticed on that, and so I want you to address this because you are advising people on this all the time, is that I feel like our brains are like a garden. And if you don't tend to it, to keep it on the positive, to block those distractions of social media news and all Mm -hmm. that stuff, that weeds of of this, uh, weeds of doubt, -doubt, self-doubt, all this stuff get planted. And if Mm -hmm. anybody that's out there gardening knows, it's so much easier to maintain your garden and keep the weeds out of it than it is to get rid of the weeds if you let it go over and you want to start I would would say this. I would say this. I would not give the weeds any attention and focus on what you want. Bottom line, period. Uh, Because if you give the weeds attention, they're going to grow. I would just focus on what it is you want, why you want it, and, 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 and direct your focus that way and not even even go, you know, go backwards at all. That's my two cents on that topic. And, and, you know, it's, it's, uh, it is, it is, you know, sometimes challenging to get past your fear. And I will tell you, uh, fear paralyzes, but you know, what, what's counterintuitive is that massive action mitigates fear. So if you take massive action, the fear diminishes, which is counterintuitive. So you just have to go do it. Okay. And, and push through it. And, and, um, and, and, you know, fear really is, you know, don't fear fear, fear the emotion of fear, because really, uh, you know, the fear comes from, from when we were uh, prehistoric, when we had, you know, fight or flight, we, if we didn't, couldn't get out of the range of a, of a man eating, whatever we would die. So the fear really <laughs> is unrealistic. I mean, I failed 23 times with businesses and, you know, and, and we fail our way to success. Don't fear failure. You know, I got to, I met Sarah Blakely at a mastermind that I attended. She's the billionaire owner of Spanx. She started with 5,000. She's worth a gazillion billions now and beautiful human being in her own right. But she told me her dad used to tell her that her used to ask, every week would ask her and her brother, what have you failed at this week? Oh. Is that an awesome freaking question to ask your kids to not fear failure? So again, fear the emotion of fear. Don't yeah. fear, you know, the, don't, don't that that's what I would say. Right. I'm bump, right. I'm bumping up against a hard stop here, Karen. But okay. let me say this, guys. I hope you'll check out my podcast, Lifetime Cash Flow. And if you have any interest in real estate investing, for God's sakes, text Rod Live or Rod in Orlando, either one to seven two three four five and and check me out. Um, I'm not high sales. In fact, in my virtual event that I'm doing in August, I don't sell anything. Um, and, and at my, in fact, I don't sell anything. I have the, I offer it if you're interested, but there's no sales pitch. So it's, it's, it's really 18 hours of training with nothing being sold. So kind of a no brainer if you're interested in real estate at yeah. all. So, and but, I, uh, I, I thank you so much for being on the show. I want to thanks, Karen. wrap up with reminding people this, a point you made when you were going through your steps. Cause I think that's the thing. If fear, if the fear of failing again is something that you feel is blocking you, then turn that into the pain 
that will be the motivation and you want to avoid that pain yeah. to pursue the pleasures of the things that you're thinking about. That was a really powerful point that you made, Rod. Thank and you. I really think that that um, I know that's something that I'm going to be able to flip some of those switches in my own brain that when those things pop up and I can get them out of there. So thank you so much. Well, and, uh, I appreciate gonna, you, Karen. It was great to meet you. And, and, uh, uh, Look forward to meeting you in person. Maybe let's make it happen. Let's make it happen. All right. Well, take care. Thank you. And with that, onwards and upwards, everybody. Thank you for tuning in.